great. Welcome back to 100.9 The Line. We are serving our community with information and news from both sides of the Mason-Dixon line. And right now, I am south of the Mason-Dixon line. I've got Amber Trail on the line, and she is the founder of Amber Trail, HR, the HR Trail. Hi, Amber. Good morning. Good morning. So well, uh, thank you, and welcome to the show. I appreciate you being with me this morning. Uh, let me ask you, obviously, you're the founder of HR Trail with the name of Amber Trail. So <laughs> uh, how long have you been in business, Amber? I started the HR Trail last May, so a year this month. All right, a year in business and halfway through, three-quarters of the way through, you have something that you probably didn't plan for in your business plan. I might, uh, I'm i just going to go out on a limb here. Yes, it was a, a little bit of a disruption. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amber, let me ask you, what is the primary focus of your business? Typically, we help small business owners who have between 1 and 75 employees who don't normally have an HR person in-house. We help them um, all the way from recruiting to company handbooks, audits, compliance, training, the whole scheme of HR. Because um, typically they don't have someone in-house to help them, so they try and do it all. So that's why we are here. We are here to help them so they're not stressed out. Uh-huh. Well, I'm sure there were a lot stressed out during this time. Uh, let's yeah. let's lean into one of the services you provide which is that whole uh, employee manual topic you you discussed there? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's just tackle the the handbook first. With employees, uh, a lot of them working from home. I anticipate that when we get back to uh, business as normal, that even some employers are going to see the benefit in having employees work at home. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree. It's something that needs to be addressed. Um, a lot of employers, I think, are seeing the benefit because, believe it or not, those employees that work from home are more, um, they're happier and they're getting a lot more work done because there's not that, you know, so to say, water cooler chit chat <laughs> going yeah. around. I, I call it time banditry. It's a time bandits, and uh, I'm pretty good at being a time bandit, so <laughs> I have to be careful. I don't talk too much to the regular, to the other staff members here because uh, I can go down a bunny trail as I'm doing right now. So, <laughs> so on this handbook end of things, then uh, have you been uh, into discussions with business owners about how this new uh, thing on the other side of this might affect their handbook and how they look at HR? Yes. So I highly suggest to business owners to reevaluate their handbooks um, once everyone kind of gets back into the workplace and they need to add a remote work policy in their handbook if they don't already have one. And then they also need to make sure that they include instructions whether another situation such as as COVID-19 happens again, making sure that they have you know, the, the unemployment, how unemployment would work, how leave of absences would work, and any medical, making sure that they're up to date with all of those policies and making sure that the employees have access to those new handbooks and that they sign off on those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big thing to get the employees to initial the new handbooks that they received a copy in case there's a yeah. situation that needs addressed. Absolutely. So you had mentioned uh this remote work policy, um, you know, what would what typical things would you want a, a business to include in that? It really just needs to include about um, if the employer is giving them um, cell phones or computers or any 
hardware to do their job, they need to make sure that it's clear in the policy that that is still property of the company. Um, also, if they're if they want the employees to report to work at a certain time or report their hours, all of that needs to be in there. Just very clear um, procedures on how the employer wants it to work for the employees, okay. because you know remote work can be a wide variety of things. So they need to narrow it down to exactly what they want from the employee. Mm-hmm. And would you recommend some kind of a disclosure? Uh, when the employee would get around other employees as far as like, well, if you if you uh, contract uh, COVID-19, uh, you, you, you cannot sue us or sue the other employees. Or how about this whole disclosure and liability side of this coin? What would you recommend? I would recommend having something in there and, and it pretty much being um, let's let's see, you know, if you're or if you're sick, you need to have some type of a quarantine go to the doctor, get tested. I highly suggest um, if someone does show symptoms that you put in your handbook that they need to go to the physician and then they need a return to work note. That note is very important to have. They can't just self-diagnose and say, oh, I'll be back in a week. They need Mm -hmm. to have that note saying when they can come back and if they have tested positive. Because if they have, then they need to let the other employees that they've been around know. Well, one of the things that concerns me with this whole testing and, and those kind of things, uh, as, as we talk about the digital imageries and the, the temperatures and all these different things, supposing myself, I'm a, I'm a pretty healthy 61-year-old man, and I, I contracted COVID-19 maybe two months ago, and I had, uh, I had very minimal effects, uh, but basically no effect at all. Maybe I had what uh, there's a strand of pink eye. I had pink eye. And so they, they mandate now that you get tested. So mm-hmm. you, maybe you have this, and then it comes up that I'm positive or that I had had it. Uh, and then they mandate that I take two weeks off. How, how does that work? Should, should that be paid leave, on paid leave? Can you, can you mandate that employees get tested? How, how, what do you see that as happening? That I, that's a tricky one because I know some states are, are different and some employers are requiring that employees do get tested. Um, it really is up to, if it's a small business, typically they will pay their employees to be out because they are mandating them. I know I have one client that is mandating their employees. If they get tested and they test positive, they are paying them for a week and then they can use any PTO that they have. So right now, it's really up to each individual employer. I highly suggest giving them some paid leave because, you know, it's not it's not something they want to get. Plus, the symptoms and the virus last for so long mm-hmm. that it, you don't want to infect your other employees because without your employees, you can't usually run. No, I, I got you. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's a good way to do, look at that. Well, Amber, it's uh, Jesus Pete's. We're just flying. Time is flying. It always goes so fast. Uh, seven seven forty one here in the morning. We're going to bounce out of here for a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back with Amber Trail. She's the founder and consultant with the HR Trail. This is one hundred point nine. The line.
Welcome back to 100.9 The Line. I'm Rod Hawker, and I'm on the phone here with Amber Trail, and she's the founder of the HR Trail. We're learning a lot from that first segment about what employers should and shouldn't do concerning the COVID-19 with handbooks and a whole plethora of information. Amber, thanks again for being with us. And just before we get too much farther into this, uh, give me some contact info first off, and we'll do that again at the end. Okay. Um, website is www.thehrtrail.com and phone number is 301-992-8725 and my email is pretty simple. It's thehrtrail at gmail.com. All right. And you have some blogs on your website that could help people through some of this COVID-19 Q&A? I do. They are extremely helpful. We upload a new blog post once a week, and I highly recommend employers going on there. They're completely free. Go on and read as many as you can. We have almost a year's worth of blogs. Yeah, geez, that's great. Well, okay, Amber, so let's get back into it then. We're we're really focusing in on this COVID-19 and how that's going to infect employers. How about uh, workers' comp insurance? And if if somebody's working from home, obviously, the workers' comp uh, rates shouldn't be nearly as high uh, as they would be if they were on site. Is there a workers' comp side of the uh, piece of the pie when you're remote working? Yes. So you still need a workers' comp policy, but it changes. If you decide to have remote workers, um, and not just in a temporary capacity, but more in a full-time capacity, it does reduce the rate, but you still need it because, you know, you never know if they're getting hurt um, and there could be some random reason. But even if they are going out to see a client or they're going out to do something for work, they're still on company time. So you still need to have something in place, but it does reduce the rate. Okay. And let me, along that workers' comp side of things here now, if you work from home remotely and you have that day where you have to go into the office and maybe where your remote working is four days a week and that one day a week you're required to come into the office and you have a car accident, could that be, I mean, would that be like a workers' comp then? Because technically you work from home and they made you come into the office would that be a workers' comp auto claim instead of an automobile claim? How would that work? Um, don't quote me on this, but yes, it should be. Um, typically, it would fall under the employer if it's during the work hours and they are remote employees. So usually if they're driving to and from work, that's not typically counted because that's considered off time. But if they would be driving into the office in the middle of the day for a meeting or if they would be out driving to meet a client, that would be covered under workers' comp. Okay, I got you, but I won't quote you on that. But we do we, we do have podcasts, and they are up, so I won't have to quote you. People will be able to hear that, but that's okay. They can always contact a legal representative if it really gets down to the nitty-gritty. So I, I appreciate your insight onto that. Um, now, one of the other things uh, is uh, – liability uh, how how's that work i'm a business say i'm a business owner and i've got a, a customer that comes in and they claim they contacted it through one of my employees and then something bad happens to them or a loved one and and how, how can they bring that trail since this thing is so takes 14 days i understand i don't know what's going on with all this stuff but typically 14 days for percolates inside you how would something like that work from a liability standpoint? Can you give me any help with that? It's very hard to prove where someone really contracted the virus from, 
But I would highly suggest to any employer who has contact with any outside individuals or even within their office to still take the precautionary measures, wearing their mask, sanitizing, you know, going over and having cleaning once a day. Um, and then, you know, after someone touches the counter, make sure that someone's cleaning that. Just really taking the measures to be, you know, effectively disinfect. Uh-huh. And so that way, if they do have contact with the outside world, they are taking those measures. And it's a lot harder to prove that, you know, someone would have caught it from an employee when they are being cautious. I, I, I get you there. Thank you for that information. And just lastly, at 748 here, we've got to wrap things up real quick. Uh, but let me ask you, so if I'm an employee and the handbook says that I have to, I mean, they hired me, and then they come out with a new handbook that says uh, daily I have to get my temperature taken, and I, I'm concerned that, well, I might have a sinus infection and my temperature is going to be elevated a little bit, and then I'm going to have to take two weeks off or something because I've got this temperature or get tested. Uh, where is the employee's rights here to stand up and say, man, you're violating my civil, I mean, my rights. I, I don't, you can't take my temperature. I want to work. I'm an able-bodied worker. Where do, where do you think that's going to stand? That's, that would be very hard to stand in court. Um, employees do have their rights, but the employer needs to make sure that they are receiving a doctor's note, especially in, because of sinus infection and allergies are huge right now. And I think having that note saying that they did test positive is a completely different story than if someone has a fever because they have a sinus infection. So they need the employer needs to be very cautious when making those rules in the company handbook because you want to have a certain guideline, but you don't want to put someone off for two weeks who is perfectly capable of working with some antibiotics. And, you know, they just need to make sure that if they're going to put that type of policy, it needs to make sure that they have COVID-19 and they test positive mm-hmm. for it. Not that they just self-diagnose and they're like, oh, you have a fever, you have to go home. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work in court. Yeah, well, I agree with that. And then, uh, you know, a lot of times a person might be like in a manufacturing mode where they're in a corner uh, doing a, you know, sorting something or doing something in a manufacturer type where they're doing the same repetitious thing maybe eight hours a day and they're by themselves locked in a corner. Well, you know, okay, if they're not feeling good, okay. I don't know that. I know there's this whole thing about transferring, but you got your gloves on, your masks on. I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a slippery slope, and I guess we're all going to figure it out as we go, Amber. But we are out of time. Just give me contact information one more time, and we'll get out of here. Okay. Website is www.thehrtrail.com. Email is thehrtrail at gmail.com. And phone number is 301-992-8725. All right, and as always, you can find these podcasts on thelinenews.com slash podcast. This is 100.9 The Line.